and good evening and welcome to another episode of Religions, Regimes and Refugees, the multicultural mess and secular scam. Thank you so much for joining me today, my friends. I hope you're having a great day wherever you are. You're enjoying the weekend because it's always good to be at the weekend. Um, before we start today's podcast, I just want to take a moment to think about the people in ha- in um, in Hawaii. One of the islands of Hawaii, uh, unfortunately, was burnt almost to the ground uh, by f- forest fires, I think. And because of the wind, it just spread. I don't know what the real issue is, but the entire island is almost burnt to the crisp. And it's very, very sad people dying. So please uh, research as much as you can. Do your homework and um, spare some um, a thought for the people of the islands of Hawaii who are going through a very tragic time right now. Um, it is important to think about them and send them all your energy so that they may survive this tragic um, moment. So today we're talk- going to talk about, on that note, uh, another kingdom, the kingdom of our homes. Uh, we've heard a lot about it in the in the newspapers and in in the social media chatter um, and on YouTube. Uh, but it's something that I never knew. We never knew about this growing up. We've never thought about this in school. Why? Why were we never thought about a community, a kingdom that was there for six hundred years? I mean, after all, we're supposed to be a secular country, an Indian country. We were uh, supposed to learn all about our ancestors. We got independence from the British for to to learn about our own um, heritage, our Sanskriti, our, um, live our own lives. But we were told only we were we got independence from one, one uh, colonizer. But we were taught about. Uh, another colonizer. That's all we were taught. We were taught to adore and adorn and submit to and glorify one colonizer to the detriment of the other. The Mughals, nothing else was taught to us. So this group of people, the Ahoms, were never taught. Why? Because these were the same group of people that kept the homes that kept the moguls at bay they did not allow the moguls to take over the region and they're called our homes so so as to not inspire another generation of our homes uh, and not um give the indians the modern indians of the 50s and onwards post-independence indians a chance of thinking that yes they can revive their indian culture their hindi culture to the detriment of the colonial hangover of the islamic invaders and their descendants we were not told about their home so let's see who they are their homes are a Thai a home, also known as Thai a home, an ethnic group found mostly in Assam and Arunachal Pradesh. Uh, they are ethnic group made out of interbred descendants of Thai people. So they're um, they first they're said to have come to Assam firstly around twelve twenty eight, and there were many other people who join them, tribes, clans, because remember, you don't form a group or you don't form ethnicity by one clan or being pure. It's always an amalgamation of many groups and clans who form a traditional, uh, form a, a bigger outfit. And then you you, you um, take on a label 
um, and you stick together and then form um, a hybrid group. And that's how all groups are, found, are formed. Um, so um, many indigenous people of the Brahmaputra Valley joined them later and they were called the Ahoms. Um, Sukapa, the, the, the Thais group leader was Sukapa. And 9,000 uh, supporters formed the, uh, the Ahom Empire from 1228 to about 1826, which ruled over parts of modern-day Assam, the Brahmaputra Valley, until this time. And the current Ahom people, are culture uh, and culture, a mix of Thai, ancient Thai people and culture, uh, they're as well as people, indigenous people of Tibeto-Burman people, cultures, and assimilated into Assam. As a consequence of Ahomization, the local people and diverse ethnic groups of Assam who accepted the Thai way of life and administration were incorporated into their fold. And they became known as the home. So many local indigenous groups, clans, joined this bigger a home empire for uh, to con- consolidate their power. Obviously, it's always done for power and for security, um, economics, and so on and so forth. Um, there were other groups also, the, the Tibeto-Burman Borais, um, were entirely absorbed into the Ahom community. Members of other communities were recognized as Ahoms based on their devotion to the Ahom monarchy and the use of their uh, abilities, talents, and economic uh, uh, output or knowledge. Um, so approximately uh, at, at its height, 1.3 million in Assam, um, they are now the largest Thai group. When I say Thai, I mean T-H-I. Our home people are primarily located in Upper Assam, particularly in districts of Golhat, Jorat, Sibsagar, uh, Dibruga, and so on and so forth, and the south of the, of the Brahmaputra River. Despite the fact they're already a, a mixed group of people, uh, a tiny percentage of the kingdom's population, they, are also, they also have their, uh, their own language. And until their 17th century, when the Ohom court and commoners adopted the Assamese language. So they, they did have their own Ahom language. Um, they fought many battles with the Chinese, the Thai, the the. This, the home-speaking people rose to power in China's. Um, sorry, the the origin of the Ahoms, the original groups or clans who who ended up in the Brahmaputra Valley, um, they rose up. Some of them, the clans, come from China, the uh, Guanxi area. Um, from which they migrated to the mainland Southeast Asia in the middle of the 11th century. The Thai homes can be traced back to either South China's Mong Mao or Myanmar's Hukwang Valley. Sukapa, a Mong Mao Thai ruler and a group of supporters, arrived in Assam in 2028 with the aim of settling in this area. 
and they brought with them a better level of wet rice farming technique and that was previously that, that was previously available so whenever you have better economics better techniques better sciences obviously you'll find a taker because that means improved economics economics is the only reason we survive so someone comes here and say well i can sell you a better product i will definitely buy the product and if you're going to make my life easier obviously i'm going to ally with you so that's how they came they had better techniques better knowledge and and there we go from there so um that's why they 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 came into this area um they also had a writing they had record keeping state formation of traditions our homes still dwell in the area of south of the brahmaputra river and east of the diko river where they settled um like i said the yom kingdom was formed from 1228 to 1826 of sound founded by sukapa the thai group leader and the 9000 supporters ruled from the brahmaputra valley in 1826 during the original stages um the original leaders um disciples and local clans moved around for about 30 odd years uh from one location to the next and then he reached uh, an agreement with the local indigenous groups of the area the ethnic bora borai and moran ethnic groups and he had um and he had largely male followers and they married into the local clans resulting in an admixed people known as the homes and thereby starting an a homization process um like i said the tibeto burman borais were completely assimilated into the um form but the moran remained ethnically separate in about 1253 um the capital um of the empire was formed which is today near sivas sagar uh sivas sagar and began the process of making it a state um traditional language the home language fell into usage and the home a home now utilize the assami language the a home language would belong to the thai branch of the kra dai language is now ex- extinct and its stone system has been lost completely nevertheless some thai a home organizations are reviving it beginning in the late 20th century and continuing into the early 21st the homes have shown renewed interest in their culture and language leading to greater research and revival efforts around 179,000 people identified uh, as home around the country's 1901 census and although there's an effort to restore the original ohom faith the most ohoms nowadays return uh to um hinduism which is their religion um despite this me dham me pai is also well known um uh at one time they had sanskrit language the ohom fi- original ohom you know ideology philosophy collapsed and um and they eventually adopted what we call today as dharma um so today the ahom people have now been classified as the obc class which is very sad and they have been de- debating desire for scheduled tribe for a long time the indian government now associates the the term ethnic assamese with different indigenous assamese groups and according to um through that about 8 million assamese speak speakers they can trace their ancestors to the homes um 
so um um, the Ahom are, so to conclude, the Ahom are an ethnic group, hails from Assam and Arunachal Pradesh, and they descended from parts of them, descended from the Thai people, who first came to the Assam Brahmaputra Valley around 1228. They're currently India's biggest Thai tribe, and with a population of 1.3 million, and um, they are they have been there for 600 years a huge empire we were never ever told about them it is very sad and like i said it was only because the homes okay were definitely not christian because the christian empires were taking over the christian colonizers and the priests and the missionaries were taking over that space and also because the homes uh fought the moguls and if the moguls if the descendants of the Mughals existed on the Indian subcontinent, they wanted to revive their power. The only way to revive their power was to keep people weak, to keep people ignorant, isolate them, and um, indoctrinate them with a self-hatred of their of their um, history, of their heritage, and make them feel ashamed of their Vedic heritage, so that and tell them lies, so that they believe uh, that they were not worth it. They were filthy people. The Hindus are filthy people. Hindus are caste. Hindus are dalit. And slowly by slowly, uh, extract them from their hole, from their weak setting, their weak mold, and then convert them to Islam and and rise up. Uh, but that did not work, did it? Uh, it's the same thing with Christianity. Isolate them, keep them ignorant, keep them economically poor, um, uh, bury them with uh, self-hatred, self-loathing their Vedic ancestors, tell them lies about their heritage, tell them, uh, indoctrinate them with uh, with uh, animosity for their own brothers, their own families, their own tribes, their own cultures, make them fight against each other and then blame them for communal hatred. Uh, this is the typical technique of the uh, Abrahamic groups. Uh, and this is why they didn't bring their home because their home was so strong that they um, literally, um, you know, stopped. Uh, they fought against the Mughals. At one point, they did lose and they f- did give in. But you know, after so long, um, the uh, home people uh, did a great job in keeping the the most the Islamic invaders at bay, and that's why Jinnah always wanted part of. Um, Assam. He wanted Assam to become part of East Pakistan. And it's not that there were Muslims around there, but why did he want, if, if there are no Muslims in, in that area, why did he want the uh, Assam into East Pakistan? Because it was a way of... Uh, b- because... Um, it was a way of getting revenge on the people who, um, who kept the Muslim invaders at bay. Um, and who finally lost to them. But, you know, once you lose to Islamic empire, you're always supposed to be their slave. You can never rise up. You always have to submit. You always have to be their slave, be their servant, and give them G- the jizya tax. They don't pay anything, uh, and you have, they, they, you don't pay, they don't pay anything. You have to be their servant eternally because it is, they believe that this is the only religion and ideology of God. So you can never win. Once you lose, you lose forever because 
Abrahamic groups are flat earth theory. They do not believe that they are cyclic and that the earth never, the sun never rises the next day. Once it's dark, it's dark forever. That's why they lose all the time because they can't understand the cycles of life. The earth is, you know, heaven and hell is a flat earth theory. And this is the basis of uh, Abrahamic groups. Unfortunately, that's the long and the short of the story. So that is why uh, Jinnah wanted this land. But the reason why I'm bringing it to you is if you go to Al Jazeera, we have our favorite secular uh, historian. And that historian... um, Sorry about that. That historian is called um, Irfan Habib. Now, I think you know who Irfan Habib is. Um, He is a historian, a secular Marxist historian who's very old right now. And um, he, I think at one point, uh, he... um, um, He has... He, he wrote a lot of books about the Mughals and things like that. And obviously he thinks he's God's gift to planet Earth because he's an historian, um, um, you know, funded and used by also the Indian secular governments on the basis of, oh, they're secular, they're about giving rights to all, uh, blah, blah, blah. Uh, and he has gone on Al Jazeera saying the Hindu word is Arabic, so why don't they throw that out? Which is a falsehood. And he's talked about the homes. He's talked about the Hindu Nationalist uh, Party, which is a nationalist government um, trying to remove chapters of centuries of Muslim rule in the subcontinent, including those of the Mughals from our school textbooks. Uh, the the right wing government, who is a Nazis, um, um, you know, and it says it's 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 not simply bias, but lies and falsehood are being glorified. The Aryan business is just like the Nazis. Um, so he basically, he's calling uh, Hindus Aryans, they're Nazis. Obviously, all Muslims are also Hindus. Uh, all Muslims are also converted by force into uh, Islam. 95%, 99% are converted by force, descendants of those converted by force. Yet they live here, the bulk of them don't pay tax. Uh, but that's okay, and the Aryans are the Nazis. Um, and one of the things he said in this article, uh, Hindu right-wing has always considered the Mughals as outsiders. Now they are attacking other Muslim leaders. Uh, but they do not want to talk about the homes. So the homes are also foreigners. They're not native to this land. They're Thai people, blah, blah, blah. And he's sort of, you know, basically, um, technically, uh, lit- literally, um, verbally sort of spat on them, uh, calling them, uh, you know, uh, saying that uh, the Hindu, um, the BJP, are applying fantasies like India being the mother of democracies. No historians admitted that India was the mother of democracy. So he's basically doing the same thing that Rahul Gandhi is doing, putting India down in front of everyone, trying to pretend that India is this bad fascist group, Nazi groups. Uh, you know, it, 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 basically the, the Mughals were the one who, uh, who civilized India. Before that, it was not a civilization. It was nothing. Um, what he and and he used the homes uh, a big deal in this. Um, 
in this area. And he says in his interview, he says very clearly, their homes are also Thai people. So they're foreigners. So why don't they remove their homes? Why do they want to bring their homes back into us history books? Um, we can go into this a whole lot. Um, um, the bottom line is the, the, the Mughals are invaders. They are not, the uh, homes are not invaders. They're, this land, uh, Hindustan, the Akhand Bharat, and the entire Vedic belt from, um, from uh, Western Sahara all the way to uh, the Japans, the Koreas, Japan, were all, at one time, we were all nomadic people. We moved up and down. Uh, around 9,000 years ago, we we lost uh, the, the desert, um, Arabia, because it became desert. But the Indian subcontinent from Rajasthan, from the Thar, Thar Desert, and even Baluchistan, all the way up to uh, the Thailand, Cambodia, Vietnam, was all one. Uh, it was the same, uh, the same philosophy. It's the same... Um, uh, civilization. It's very much like today, uh, Morocco to Arabia to Pakistan. They share the same they share the same civilization, the same history, the Islamic civilization. Uh, do you want to say that one is an invade? Uh, you do you want to say is one is not native to the other, or one is a foreigner to the other? They're the same Islamic civilization. They say the Ummah. So it's the same civilization. The Thai is the same civilization. Cambodia, Vietnam. All these people at one time were one civilization. They moved up and down as nomadic people. So whether they came to settle in the Brahmaputra Valley or they came to settle in Burma, in, in, um, in, in Thailand, in Malaysia, what is modern-day Malaysia, modern-day Indonesia, uh, it's the same civilization. It didn't make any difference. They didn't have passports like we have in these days. It, they did not have... Uh, papers that they needed to stand in line and get a visa in those days. They moved up and down in what was then considered one land, one country, one empire, uh, not one empire, but one civilization. It's very much like we moved today from Delhi to Tamil Nadu. We don't need passports. We don't need papers. We can move. And so when we are in the same civilization, it doesn't make us foreigners. They did not invade the land. They did not occupy the land. They did not convert anyone. They just set up and, and re and, and formed, um, uh, joined ethnic groups together and formed what is called uh, a home uh, culture and a home empire. But within the um, Vedic, um, you know, Hindic, Hindic civilization. So you cannot compare to the Mughals. The Mughals are invaders. They came, they invaded, they occupied by force the Indian subcontinent. Not only did they occupy by force, they forced themselves, they, they ethnically cleansed the Hindic civilization on the Indian subcontinent. Um, they forced people to convert. A lot of Muslims today are descendants of uh, Islamic invaders and that of the Mughals and the uh, you know um, the Delhi Sultanate um, prior to them, the Lodis and all of them, the Ghaznavids, the Lodis, the Arabs, um, they force they still force people to convert. They ethnically cleanse anyone who does not convert to their supremacy. Um, they use slaves. They converted people as slaves. They took women as sex slaves. Uh, they 
they they tried to make the entire subcontinent into their civilization but they failed uh, they always fought against each other uh, each one had concubines and concubines had their sons and cousins and and wives and so on and so forth they fought against each other um they killed each other within the own civilization uh, they fought with other caliphs and other caliphates on the outside which is their turco-mongol cousins um ruling in uh, in uh, the ottoman lands um there was anxiety between each other uh, that led to a whole spread widespread battle um civilization battle uh, destruction of temples destruction of of um destruction of our of our civilization um theft of food theft of land theft of gold and obviously they catered to their own people whoever converted they were given uh, ex- they were given tax breaks they were given land they were given uh, specific um spe- specific tax um some um, um s- submission not submissions the i can't get the word right now they were given special uh, gifts from the king from the emperor and 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 special help from the emperor and Irfan Habib knows that because he's written books on it and you can buy it online uh, special grants were given if you converted to Islam which is very much like Christianity did in the Americas if the natives converted to Christianity they were allowed to keep their land they were allowed to keep their territories they were allowed to go to schools but the moment you did not convert you were isolated you were kept away your social and eco economic system was destroyed you had no food not able to hunt not able to uh, gain any employment gain any source of uh, nutrition or food or subsur- um, um a way of uh, of remaining on the land and slowly by slowly they died out of famine out of uh, out of uh, sickness illness uh, pandemics and this is exactly what the muslims the islamic invaders did so you cannot compare the ahoms who did not invade any land to the mogul invaders and the islamic invaders of the land and you cannot call the uh, the hindus aryans um and 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 try to believe make them be, make everyone believe that uh the hindus are nazi hindus are um hindus are fascist hindus are right wing the only the only fascist group of people are the abrahamic invaders into the indian subcontinent they're the real fascists they're the ones who killed they're the ones who supremacist ideology not only their supremacy but they want to continue their supremacy while pretending to be um you know uh, continuing to be were continuing to be of victims but they are in alliance with groups all over the planet they are funded by groups all over the planet they get big amounts of money they're running drug cartels they run drug cartels from pakistan and that's why pakistan and afghanistan is a mess uh the vedic lands in those in those uh the vedic age in those lands has disappeared dharma has disappeared and now you've got you've got drugs across the board in the in the northeast you have christianity and their colonization of the land through theft through a deceit through economic uh enslavement to economic embargoes if if the the people did not convert and as a result of which 
these people have literally, uh, you know, forced upon their drug mentality and they are sinking in drugs in this land. Um, and both these groups are e the economic and colonial invaders. They have nothing to do with the homes. The real fascism is this Abrahamic colonization of our minds. Um, that's the real fascism. That's the real invasion. They are there to ethnically take over and destroy our Vedic civilization once and for all. What um, what um, Irfan Habib forgets to say, that all the knowledge of Islam comes from foreign civilizations. The Berbers of North Africa were the ones who gave the knowledge, who had knowledge prior to the Arabs invading the land. They gave that knowledge and shared the knowledge with the Muslims of who, Arabs who invaded. Similarly, in Baghdad, it was not, um, it was not the Arabs who had the, uh, the knowledge, it was the Persians who had the knowledge. And the Persians not only had that knowledge, they shared it and they became the allied with uh, the invading um, Arab empires. And because they had ethnic tensions among themselves and their knowledge was transferred to the Muslims. Also, the Badkid um, family who were Buddhist in Baghdad, they were the ones who allied with the uh, uh, Arabs who invaded and shared their knowledge with Islam. And that's how Islam gets its knowledge. Similarly, the knowledge and the pundits of Kashmir went into Baghdad and translated their texts and shared their knowledge with the Islamic empire. Today, Islam says, we invaded this, we, we built this, our science was so great, our this was so great, we had the Islamic age. That's wrong. It really comes, a lot of this comes from the Indian subcontinent. But today, because they do not want to recognize their past, they only want to recognize their supremacy, they cannot accept the fact that there are other groups, other uh, empires who existed who were much more decent and much more better off than them, but they do not want to acknowledge this. They do not want to join hands. They do not want to... Uh, reach out the other side. They want to, everything to be glorifying their, um, you know, insulated mindset. They end up pretending to be victims, calling everyone Nazis and fascists, but their three fingers pointing back at them. Um, um, so this is what Irfan Habib says um, in, in this text. Um, it says, um, India is supposed to be the original home of the Aryans. It declares the Aryans went here to civilize the world. Historians must prove by establishing facts that they can't manufacture facts. You can't create an Aryan race. And this is an insult to Sanskrit because actually in earlier Sanskrit texts, Arya is an area in Iran. Iran is plural of Arya. Actually, it means the land of Aryans, which is absolutely BS. Um, Iran is not Arya, Iran is not the plural of Aryans, uh, and Iran is not where Sanskrit and Aryans um, existed or um, originated, because that is complete hypocrisy. We've talked about the fake Aryan invasion theory, how it is made to, uh, to um, insulate and um, ag uh, aggravate Hindus and make them believe that, oh, they came from another land, they invaded this land, 
only to camouflage the bloodshed of Abrahamic invaders into the Indian subcontinent. So to camouflage that, they have to say, well, you know, the Hindus also are invaders. So, you know, they have no way to tell us what to do and tell us that we are bad because they are also bad, which is absolute BS. Um, because the Vedic belt actually is the entire Indian entire from um, belt from uh, Morocco, Western Sahara, all the way to the Koreas in Japan. That was at one time one Vedic belt. Um, and all of us, all this land followed the Vedic, um, a Vedic um, was a Vedic civilization. Arya only means noble. That's all it means. And the only part that remains Vedic or to some extent Vedic is the Indian subcontinent, but the Islamic invaders will never acknowledge that. Not only that, they want to believe that they are supreme over and above the, the Vedic groups uh, because they do not want to acknowledge that even the numbers, they didn't even have numbers, they didn't have the zero, they had nothing, they couldn't even read and write. But to acknowledge all of that is to, to dethrone their supremacy, de- um, um, uh, undo their mindset that have they have been indoctrinated it, so they take it down on groups like the Ahom, which were left out of our Indian textbooks, only so that we do not get the knowledge of our ancestors, of our heritage, of our history, and uh, you know gain the confidence to rise up again. But you know, as as we like to say, the crap at the end of the toilet bowl will always go to the end of the toilet bowl, and and at one point go down the tubes into the darkness, the pits of the earth, um, and this is what is happening right now. We have a right to know history. Uh, this should have been put into our history books way way back. We are a huge civilization. We cannot put everything in. We know that we cannot put everything in. But why was everything left out? And only the Mughals put it, I mean, to the detriment of everyone else. Not to say that there was nothing else. Yes, there was. But such a small extent when the bulk of our history books were taken away by Mughal, um, by glorification of Mughals. And as a result of which, we have been put in a corner, insulated, isolated, and made to self-hate ourselves uh, to glorify this group of people who thought that by taking it away from us at one time we'll forget and then we'll give in to these Islamic groups uh, who will convert us. On the other side, you have the Christians who convert us and then we'll go back to fighting the crusades against each other uh, to see who's going to control and, and convert the Indian subcontinent the fastest. Two ignorant groups who have spent 3,000 years fighting with each other um, have now become... Um, a colonial hangover who are trying to do their best to see who's exactly going to take over the Indian subcontinent. But it's not going to happen because we can go back to the basics, learn the knowledge of our ancestors, uh, whoever we are, because this is history. The homes are real history. It needs to be put back in our textbooks. We need to study about it. If you have time and you have place, please go to Assam, visit Assam, and you'll be a better person for the knowledge uh, that you've gained from our ancestors. On that note, my dear friends, I take your leave. I thank you for your time. I thank you for everything you've done. I thank you for your support. Please Google Homes, do your uh, homes, do your research. And that, my dear friend, is Dharma in action. 
research, knowledge, learning, um, implementing, turning the pain into uh, power. That is called dharma. On that note, I wish you all the very best. Remember, whatever our label, we are all human. We are all species of life. We all have the same right to live and exist on this planet. Stop the violence in your homes. You will stop the violence in your streets and at your borders. And we are... um, all the same. We share the same energy field throughout the cosmos and our galaxy. And that's why we call ourselves Aham Brahmasmi. Thank you very much. You have yourself a great, great day.